Hey everyone, before we kick this episode off, I urge everyone listening to like and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you may get your podcast from. So if you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating, or also subscribe to us on Spotify. And I urge all of our listeners to head to our website, and you can get more than just our podcast from there. We have news stories all the time there, we have feature articles there, so head to tnpmedia.au, that's tnpmedia.au. Alright, without further ado, we'll get stuck into the podcast. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. All right, welcome to another episode of the Talk and Power podcast. This is a bit of a motorsport update and I'm joined with co-host here, Johnny Alady. Johnny, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you here. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks since we've caught up. Uh, what What have you been up to? What's been happening out there? Uh, you mean in regards to work or anything else? <laughs> anything, anything at all, anything at all. Uh, no, obviously, you know, I've, I've had a bit of, well, I wouldn't say health issues, but we've had to deal with some uh, teething problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, pardon the pun, but yeah, so I had to have some implants and all that sort of stuff. And um, so just just getting over that, which is good. So I'm back to some normality in terms of time frames and, Yep. and working and stuff like that so it's good and and, and back to normal hours so mm-hmm. um and then yeah we've just started obviously uh gt nationals are coming up so yep. um we're seeing some cars trickle through for that which is pretty pretty cool oh good oh that's good sorry i couldn't make it the other day i wanted to catch up i know you had a couple of cars in there so um yeah sorry i couldn't get there i just um yeah yeah that just didn't happen we got some big news coming up, actually. So next week, we're actually doing a live podcast from Penrite at number five Nexus Way in Bayswater. It's the Penrite are holding a V8 night, and they're going to have David Reynolds and Matt Payne there. Uh, so come on down to, to Penrite. It's Wednesday, the 26th of April, 2023, at five Nexus Way in Bayswater. That's Western Australia, if you're listening to us. Head on down there. You can catch myself and Johnny and... Uh, David Reynolds and Matt Payne, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be chatting with the guys. Actually, I'm looking forward to it. That's good. I think you'll be doing most of the chatting. It's a bit out, of, <laughs> it's a bit out of my league. That one. No, no, I'm 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 actually looking forward to the chat. You know, we've been doing this for five years now, for more six years. Sorry, maths isn't very good. And we've never we've never chatted with um, a supercar driver. So this well, we kind of have, but we spoke with Brad Jones, Dick Johnson, uh, previously. But this is our first uh, full interview. So we'll be speaking with David Reynolds and Matt Payne. Really looking forward to that. That is open to the public. It goes from five p.m. to eight p.m. So head on down there. Thanks to the guys at Penrite for inviting us. It's really great to have. It's really great to have those guys on board and uh, inviting us and the guys from Grove Racing as well. And there's going to be a number of guest speakers down there as well. So make sure you head on down there. It's going to be a huge night. Um, As I said, number five, Nexus Way in Bayswater, Penrite. It's their new head office. I'm looking forward to seeing it because they used to be in Welshpool. 
looking forward to their new going to their new premises. Wednesday, the 26th of April, uh, 2023, 5pm to 8pm. Make sure you get there. Cannot wait for that one. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That should be good. That's sort of the lead up to the V8s, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. No, it'll be good. Looking forward to it. Hey, um, I don't know. Did you catch any of the MotoGP? I caught, I caught the sprint race. I've got to be honest with you. I've only yes. seen the highlights of the actual the actual race. But um, yeah, I did what's the same. What? So I, I don't think is it, <clears throat> I think it doesn't matter if you watch the highlights or the actual race. You would have seen the exact same thing, and that's like everyone falling off the freaking bike. <laughs> well, in the first lap, there was three that went down. Like yeah. Yeah. Straight away, I couldn't believe but, it. But yeah, and and they lost. I mean, they lost Peko um, Miller early. So mm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, did, reason, did I reason why? But yeah, did I hear right that Miller went down six times over the weekend? Is that is that yeah, correct? That, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, Alex Marquez as well. I think I know in the sprint race he went down, and and the same again in um in the race as well, and um. Was he sick, Nick? Yeah. Because I heard he threw up in his helmet. Yeah, yeah, he threw up. He threw <laughs> up in his in his helmet, and um, I think yeah. And look, I'm not really sure. It looks like history repeating itself. If you look back this time last year, Franco Bagnaio Peco got off to a really poor start and um, came home with it in the end. But I don't know if it's they keep saying the pressure. The pressure doesn't like leading, and I don't know. We're just seeing the same same thing again. Yeah, I didn't think that. Like when he was leading, it wasn't like he had rings on his tail. Mm. But I think this, from what I understand and from previous years, this is rings loves this track. Mm. I think he's won in it in both in the other classes. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I think it was going to be hard for him not to be in that top two mm-hmm. um, for that race because I mean, it's an LCR Honda. I mean, yeah, bike is not really. I think this purely was just pure him uh, winning this race. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, but I mean, it's good. Uh, Marini on the podium. Uh, mm-hmm. Rossi's uh, Rossi's crew seems to be uh, very consistent and, and and consistently on the podium, which is uh, it's good to see. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it was an interesting. The, the sprint race was certainly interesting, and I think you know um, Fabio Quadraro as well dropped the bike there in the sprint race. Um, he's got a bit of work to do as well, but it was great to see Alex out there, like flying the flag for because the Honda, the, the team Hondas aren't going that all that crash hot. Uh, the LCR Hondas, you know, the sort of the second tier Hondas. Look, it was a good win. Obviously. Under those circumstances, I guess they'll take what they can get, can't they? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you like the sprint? Uh, I, I do. I think it offers. Um, I think it offers the fans an opportunity. I like. I like the time slot, not the Euro, not the US time slot. I don't like that one at all. Oh, but yeah. the the European time slot works well for us on a Saturday night, and I'll say the same for the Formula One. It works well on a Saturday night. Uh, having a race, I, I like that. Uh, but I guess it comes down to sort of what period you are in your life as well. A lot of people like to go out on a Saturday evening. So I'm thinking that might not work. But for the Australian market, I, I think it I think it works for most of their audience. I think it works well. Do you think that they should have separate qualifying for the sprint? Because I think that's the same qualifying position for your sprint and your race, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yep. So form, we'll talk about that in a sec. But in Formula One, they are actually changing that. So 
the... But do you think they should have that separately for the MotoGP? I, I think believe so. That's yeah. confusing to me. Like, it doesn't feel right that you, that you, obviously, you, you know, you can uh, qualify and then you get two chances at the, at the cherry, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm, yep, yep. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I see your point of view. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I, I guess the, the fans <laughs> will speak. Uh, it'll be interesting to see track numbers on Saturdays and how they track, even in Formula One, how those the the gate attendance works on a Saturday. I'm not saying that they rely heavily on those on those numbers, but I do think that they are trying to get people through the gate as well. And what better way to do than an actual sprint race? So, yeah, some people, the purists probably don't like it. The purists probably think to themselves like, "Well, this is not you know, this is not racing. We come here on a Saturday to see qualifying." And I like to see just the race on the Sunday. I'm not sure. If you remember, the V8s went to that sort of Saturday yeah. format a yeah. long, long time ago, and yeah. they've never looked back, really. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the MotoGP qualifying is just as exciting sometimes because mm. they one lap, you know, they put that tyre on for the last lap. They use, you know, rather than that, on that death knock of, of one minute left, and they're all, you know, sort of building up to it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like. I think qualifying's been quite exciting for, for even for Formula One in that regard too. You know, mm. just yep. seeing that last bit. Mm. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how how that pans out. The the, the fans will speak. I'm I'm adamant about that, and uh, at the end of the day, we'll, we'll know. How did you catch the Bathurst Six Hour? No, it was Easter weekend, but uh, really, I, I love the Bathurst Six Hour. I won't say it's not something that I'll sit down and watch from start to end. But I think it's becoming a bit of a, a highlight in the motorsport calendar for a lot of Australians. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think any time a race is on the Bathurst is, is going to be pretty special, isn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't know about the 400 BMWs, but other than that, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's interesting to see the amount of BMWs that are in it, and like they took the first three spots, and you know it, it's in that in that class X, the ultimate performance class. Um, so in the end, the winner was Jaden Ojeda, magnificent drive from those guys. So Simon Hodges, Jaden Ojeda in the in the BMW, that one was an M4. Uh, and they came home in six hours and two minutes. Um, interesting, in number two spot was another BMW. That was an M3. That was the Russell family. So Wayne Drew and Aaron Russell in that one there. And then another BMW in, in third outright, and that was the De Pasquale, Anthony Sewell, and Adam Burgess uh, BMW. That was an M4, that one there. So... Congratulations to those guys and in the naturally aspirated. So ultimate performances are basically um, boosted cars or turbocharged cars. I think they can be supercharged as well. There's boost limits on all of the cars. If you're interested in this kind of thing, I urge people to go to the Bathurst 6-hour website. They have the categories and all the cars that are eligible for the race. So there's in Class X, there's about, I think there's about 12 cars that are eligible so it is the ultimate production car race because most of those cars are straight off the factory floor with a number of look i mean they put the cage in there they put the mandated safety systems in there the mandated computers and the mandated radio systems and all that that's all they do to those cars and and the rest of them is they're, they're factory those things so it, yeah. it's 
they're pretty stout too. So in A2, it's interesting, A2, so that was the naturally aspirated performance cars. They came home in the first cars out of Class X. The A2 category was the first time. So in position number seven, seventh outright, but first in class, I was the Mustang Mac one of um, Tony Quinn, Grant Denyer, and oh, you have to forgive me, I don't know the other Quinn, what his, what his first name is. But that that they came home in position seven. Isn't it interesting? Did you catch the race? Marcus Ambrose's yeah, Mustang yeah. running an auto in there. But the, yeah, I think they've learned the lesson. But two years in a row. Yeah, it's only lasted yeah. an hour and a half. So I think that cars race three hours in its two year history. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just think that you know. I think you really roll the dice when you're racing, a, especially a 10-speed auto. I think there's too many unknowns there. You know, yeah. you can't beat clutch, manual transmission. I just think when you're racing, well, I think it's obviously gotta... a different. It's it's actually an auto. It's not like a DCT or something like a dual mm. system like the other cars have got. You know, so yep, yep. Um, but yeah, that was you know, you know, one they known over the weekend that uh, that that was a problem. So. Yeah, so they, yep. they go to the manual and have see some more cars mm. like that, you know. Uh, yeah, next year there was quite a few Mustangs actually. I looked through the list; there was quite quite a few of them. So number two uh, in the class A two was a, in position eight outright was another Mustang. It wasn't a Mac one, however. Um, that was the Delsma, Kasha, and Gray Mustang. And then in number three was actually first to the Holden's home, twelfth uh, outright. And it was a club sport, actually, an R8 club sport. So congratulations to them. It's interesting as you go down through the list of the different variations of cars and some of the – you can still race a Toyota Camry XC20, yeah. you know. It was yeah. – the, the, the cars that are allowed in there is quite quite phenomenal. And like, I think in compact – I think that was the only one. I think there's only one of two cars. That was the Mazda 3 C, uh, SP25 uh, in compact. They came home in 30th outright, but they still finished the race at least. There's a lot of uh, DNFs. So um, interesting race. What did you think of the support categories? I think they probably actually, in many ways, I, I actually, after you said that you were watching the GT4 race, I actually watched the GT, yeah. the Fanatec GT World Challenge, um, the highlights on that. And I was, yeah, there's some pretty stout racing there from the, yeah, from, yeah. from the Triple Eight guys. Well, were, well, people say that it's boring. Well, there's no good racing from GT4. <laughs> Maybe it's Bathurst. There's a track that, Makes it. I don't know. Well, we'll soon find out. They'll be appearing at the supercars as well this weekend. Sorry, next weekend as well. There'll be the Fanatec GT World Challenge will be at Bathurst as well. It'll be interesting to see how well supported that is, and you can always tell how well it is. Like it's you're sitting there in the crowd and you just wait to see. Like does everyone get up and walk to the pits or go and get something to eat? Yeah. Um, previous years. I've noticed that the crowd actually stay where they are and watch and watch the racing. I think everyone really gets behind it, so that's that's really good to see. Um, yeah, so the Prince Jeffrey Abraham and yeah Jeffrey Ibrahim, Brock Feeney, they're in one car, and Prince Abu Bakar Ibrahim and Jamie Winkup in the other. Now that wasn't a triple eight. Well, it was a triple eight prepared. Both of those cars were triple eight prepared, but they're owned by the the princes there. Um, 
I think they did a, a magnificent job, but it's it's great to see they were they were challenged quite heavily, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it was just what, what do we think about also Renee Gracie making a comeback as well? I think yeah, well, why not? You know what I mean? So it's uh, <laughs> anytime there's correct. <laughs> so I guess. Yeah, I don't know. How, how can you say? I mean, I was, like like um, a couple of people are saying, if she's, you know, only time will tell if it's, uh, you, know, um, you know, if she's earned that sort of respect or if she's worthy of being there. Um, but at the end of the day, some of these other guys, what difference does it make um, whether you're in that, uh, in the, in that yeah. industry, in the OnlyFans industry, or if you're doing something else? Like, it's... Mm. These other guys are paying their their way into that category anyway, aren't they? Really? Exactly. Yeah. She's not doing anything different, so why should she be? Obviously, she's being looked at differently, and mm. you know, um, for, for various reasons. But no, good order. Look, I I will say one thing. I think anything that anyone or anything that brings eyes to the sport is a good thing. I never yeah, have an issue with it. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and it'll be yeah. interesting to see how many fans pardon the pun yeah. she brings over yeah. to the sport because extra, she extra yeah fans. extra fans yeah she didn't have that a huge following to start with back in the supercar days and i think simona certainly did um so but now she's gone away and done what she's done and 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 i guess she created a brand for herself and it's not for us to sit in judgment of her brand i couldn't i really couldn't care less i think it's a i think if she's bringing eyes to the sport and people that haven't previously looked at our sport, if they're coming to it and looking at this particular uh, category, which I, I actually love this category. And we'll have a chat in a second about what we were discussing via text message previously. I think if she can bring eyes to the sport and bring people to the sport and just bring general interest, there'll be a, there will certainly be a media following. And it's great that she's actually making a comeback. Her planned comeback is actually at Barbagallo at, at yeah. Carco. Sorry. And um, whether that comes to fruition or not, I'm not really sure. But if it does, and she does make a comeback there, I think that's a great thing for the – I think that's a good thing yeah. even for WA. I think there'll be a lot of media attention. And you look at it whatever way you want, whether it's right or wrong. I think if you're bringing people to the sport and, you know, the sponsors get a following out of it, I think it's a great thing. I really yeah, do. I think so. And I, I actually hope she does well, you know what I mean? Because mm. you want to see, you don't want to see it be just a one-off thing, you know? You want yep. to sort of, hopefully she, she can grow in, you know, she's, she is competitive and she's not just, I mean, mm. know, she, it's not like she needs to do it. So, you know, she's obviously still a bit of a race fan and, mm. you know, yep. respect to her, you know? Yeah, definitely. She's obviously financially can do it now, whereas back then she had to probably rely on sponsorship and mm. and, and a bit of talent, maybe, you know. Um, yeah. But we've seen it so many in supercars and other categories where people walk their way in. It's not I'm, I'm, mm. unfamiliar. So, yeah. Uh, One of the things we, a lot of people, the GT racing, GT4, GT3, whatever it may be, doesn't <clears> probably get the kudos it deserves in Australia. And I, I can't help but think... 
that there's a perception that it's um and I, I'm for those listening to the podcast, I'm doing inverted commas with my hands right now, but it's a it's a rich man sport. I certainly don't think that. I don't. Oh, I think it's uh it's a category that you know those cars aren't that easy to drive, and at the end of the day, um, it's a homologated category as well. And I, I like the fact that the cars are. They're not even, but you know what I mean? They are factory cars that have do a, a certain level of homologation. And I think that any type of sport that brings it, you, you saw how tight this was in this in this GT World Challenge at Bathurst as well, how tight that was. You know, the Talbot car to come from a long way back and ended yeah. up winning. Um, he just kept chipping away, chipping away and chipping away, and he got there, you know. Um I thought they did a magnificent job, and I think I do not think that this is a rich man's sport, but there is a, a common misconception that it is. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, they say that it's, it's the cars aren't cheap, but if you're looking at like the, the new Gen Three cars are supposed to be, were supposed to be a cheaper car. They mm-hmm. don't. I can't see that they're going in that trajectory of being a, a really expensive car anyway. So yep. you know, so. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. I still think, I know people bang on or don't like people banging on about the um, uh, win on Sunday by a Monday, but it, it's still relative. I think mm. in in both supercars and and this uh, and, and GT racing, you know, what mm. I mean? it does yep. reflect back. I think into you know mm. into you know. Whether you got the, the the funds to buy it or not, it still reflects, I think, on the, on the, on sales. Yep. So you're saying, and I and I agree with you actually, but you're saying that if a Mercedes, the the AMG cars win on a Sunday, there there, there may be a more a, not not for a GT car, but you know someone might look at you know consider C63 or whatever it may yeah. be as a CLA. I don't think it's necessarily the win. It's the mm. fact that you can see that car, and if you go to a dealership, mm-hmm. you can see the evolution. It's there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, yep. you know, you can. You don't have to buy the, the, the black edition. Mm-hmm. You can buy the, the, you know what I mean, the SLS or the, the SL or something like that. The one that's, yep. you know, it, it's it's a, it's a step down, obviously, in, in regards to spec, but mm. the 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 um. Especially with regards to the same in Ferrari to that level, all that heritage and that it's still there. Like it's, um, you know, we talk about I don't know how do you talk, you know, about just the history of the manufacturing side of things. Yeah. Of you know of cars in just general, you can see it in the vehicles, you know, on from the track to the in, in the showroom. You know? mm. Yeah, yep. I still think it's that's. I think it's there's still a bit of an element there. It's not obviously like it was in the old days, mm-hmm. but there's still an element there, and I still think there's an element there in regards to the Mustang, you know, being uh, a Mustang and, and seeing a Mustang race on the racetrack. I still think mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know relationship mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the you know that's the important thing that there is a homologation spec to uh, aspect to this sort of racing. I agree with you. I think it's uh, I actually like it, and the cars are awesome to listen to at the track. Yeah. I remember they came probably three or four years ago with the V8s, and mm-hmm. it was an awesome spectacle. 
they sounded really neat, and uh, I can guarantee you, no one will leave their seats next weekend from from um, when those cars come out. So that's um that's awesome. We hope you're liking this podcast. If you are, head to our iTunes or Spotify um, podcast channel and like and subscribe to us there. Also, head to our website tnpmedia.au. You can get all of our episodes, every single one we've ever recorded from our website there as well there's also a heap of youtube content so head to our youtube channel and subscribe to us there that's talking power wherever you get us make sure you like and subscribe us there uh we can really do with the uh, subs thanks everyone now back to the second half of the podcast formula one i know it's i know we're talking about stuff that happened a few weeks ago but we haven't had a chance to catch up since then but formula one we won't talk about the race per se because at the end of the day i was just curious to see read some commentary in regards to formula one that um i was watching f1 confidential the other day and they made an inference it was an interesting one and i'm not suggesting that they're right or wrong but they made an inter- interesting inference that Liberty Media may be influencing how quickly we pull the red flag out. And they gave three the three the three red flags at Melbourne were interesting ones to to look at because the first one in particular, Alex Albon, where he he crashed and threw a heap of rocks onto the track. Um, there was discussion between Ted Kravitz, Crofty, and even Jensen Button as well that did not agree. Between the three of them, they couldn't agree that the red flag should have come out. They felt that there wasn't enough debris on the track that the cars could have navigated their way around the debris under safety car. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's interesting because <laughs> there's a there's a there's a, I I also I, I looked at that a couple of times. Generally, is like this: you can't drive around the track at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't see. Yeah, I agree with it on that one. The, the second one was a Magnuson one as well, and that was probably even a, a worse example or a better example, I guess. Uh, there was a lot of tire debris on the wall. Uh, he so he's hit the wall with the rear right rear, I think it was yeah, the right rear tire, and the tires come off the rim. The rim stayed on the car, but the tires come off, and there was a bit of tire debris. Again, another red flag. Now we've seen heaps of tires delaminate and come off, and wheels come off. Never seen a, a red flag, and that was yeah. that was with two laps to go. Are they just being more cautious? Do you think? Their, you know I mean? their, in, their inference is actually <laughs> a bit more sinister than that. Their inference is they're actually insinuating that they're trying to contrive or generate more excitement in the race. And yeah, you well, get it this... actually worked against them in this point because by the time that second one came, I was like, come on, man, finish this race now. Like It was like, you, you, you know, you're taking the piss now. Because once that third one come out, and then you're sitting there waiting them so they can rate, so they can just finish on the formation lap. Yeah, that was a joke. That was a joke at the end of the day. So it didn't yeah. work. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it no, didn't I work agree. With me. I, I agree. But what the the point is, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, and a lot, and you you would have. Safety cars bring safety cars. Red flags yeah. bring red flags. 
because yeah. the, the one brings on the next one sooner rather yeah. than later. So what I didn't understand was they pulled up a red flag with two laps to go. And then, believe it or not, there was another crash and they all, they red flagged the race again and they, the, the race finished on the safety car. That last crash arguably probably did need the red flag, but these first two, so in my view, didn't need it. But there is, and I'm not saying that this is true or not, I don't, um, but there is an inference that Liberty Media is contriving or pushing, hey, there's two things that they're pushing. They're pushing uh, race control to slow down and stop the race and make, an, and make a, a correct decision. But also that brings more excitement to the race as well. So I don't know. I don't know if that's working out for them. How about they just work out and fixing the, the problems faster instead of, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Just whatever it is that you need to do, if there's debris, more marshals or a better track prep, track cleanup situation. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the whole idea, the funny thing is they're trying to cap the teams on budgets, mm. but like 10 cars were written off in that yep. in the last four laps. Yep. So yep. Like, yep. that's a backward step if you ask me. It's a huge, but it's a massive, massive yeah. backward step. So yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I... There's a lot of conspiracy theories going around, especially, you know, once Americans take something over, then that's what happens, you know. There's there's always this this conspiracy theory that comes afterwards as well, suggesting that, you know, the yeah, Americans are trying to control the sport and whatnot. Yeah, the 9-11 effect, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, oh, look, I, I, don't, I don't, don't necessarily agree with it. Um, we also heard... Um, Stefano Domenicella talk about removing the Friday free practice as well. Um, that's under the pressure from the Americans as well. They want to remove the Friday free practice. Um, I'm not sure they believe that um, the engineers all believe that they still need it and, and the race crews believe that they need it, um, but they're pushing harder to remove that free practice, put a qualifying session instead and then have um, a sprint race on the Saturday instead. So I don't know how that will pan out. I, uh, the, the teams are pushing against it because they, they need that free practice session on Friday to sort to sort issues out. You're going from like in-season testing to, to you know, extended Friday, now you're just taking you know, that away. I think you need that Friday mm. practice session, you know. Um, yep. I know with it probably their idea of taking it out means there's less chance of teams getting it right and maybe it becomes a mixed batch, mm. you know, a mixed bundle for the Saturday. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Sunday, but yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, interesting times ahead. And we've just seen a change up in this year for the sprint races. So the Friday we'll have the first free practice. Then we'll have uh, Grand Prix qualifying on Friday afternoon. Then on the Saturday we'll have the sprint race qualifying. And then we'll have the sprint race on the Saturday afternoon. Then the Sunday will be the actual race. So that's a little bit of a change up there for the sprint format for Formula One this year. I think there's the uh, Baku race is having a sprint race, I believe, I think. I'd have to check that, but I think that's that's coming up this weekend. So Max Verstappen said if, if there's any more sprint races, he's not going to be around a long time, I reckon. 
Yeah, I, Max has been very outspoken. He was also very outspoken about that first red flag and the, and the second one as well. So he's uh, quite spirited in his discussion and, and he's also a firm believer that those red flags were not at all required. Uh, at the end of the day, he had the most to lose out of those red flags, but he made it very abundantly clear that the, that the red flags were not required. So in, anyway, we'll see how that how that pans out. We need to talk about the drags. Unfortunately, at this stage, we do not have results for the grand final meet. Uh, rain got the better of the event. So yeah. I think it was about 7 o'clock and it got rained out. I don't know. Did you get a chance to go down at all? No, 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 no neither did saw, I. Whatever, I just saw from um, some Facebook posts and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, so we don't... I looked at the, the there's no points yet for the for the final. Simon has actually just sent me a text. No, I'll have to call him and seek further clarification. <laughs> he was he was endeavouring to come on, and that's why he's still trying to get on. I think, but uh, he's it's his week. You know, um, it's his his wife is away at the moment, so he's taking care of the kids. So he may not be in a position to come on. Uh, this podcast so yeah a uh, shout out to Simon I'm just sorry bear with me I'm just gonna just check that the points haven't been updated because if they have there were some really close um, some really close categories um, that still had to juke it out and I don't know what's going to happen there no still nothing no, so we can't. Unfortunately, we can't give you the championship winners. But just to give you an example, um, so in the Summer Slam, you see Daniel Gregorini. That's that's fairly close, three forty to John Zappi's three ten, and to Mark Chapman's three hundred five. So that will be interesting to see how the points are allocated there. Um, Nitro Max, I think Tim Stewart's got that covered there. Um, Madison Brown be, in top comp as well. That that, that would be because you would have seen something by now on social media, like announcing some championships. Mm, no, there hasn't. There hasn't been anything yeah. here. No, so it must be still working it out. So top comp, Madison Brown was leading there. Moreno Galotto, shout out to Moreno. Well done there. He's in second place. So even in super comp, that's close as well there. I'm not going to say any more because the only one, this guy's really got it sewn up. I think Daniel Natalotto, who's got that in comp bike, he's got that sewn up. I think that's done and dusted. I do believe Casey McClure's got that done and dusted. She was well out in front. Uh, in That's in supercharged outlaws, so congratulations to Casey there. Even Albie Bakrinich, I think that's going to be hard to beat in top sportsman. Um Jeff Acton, I think he's got that in the modified. He's got that sewn up as well. And I do believe, oh, Roger, that's that's really close. Super Sedan, that's that's incredible. For his first year, Brody Zapier, he's knocking on the door and winning the championship in Super Sedan. Stepped out from Junior Dragstar, gone into Super Sedan. And I, that's going to be, that is really tight. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, Simon Garbutt, wow, mod bike, that is super close. Super, super close there to Ian Reid. Uh, Steph Galotto, I think she's got that one and done. Um, in Super Street, 
Junior Dragster, I think Brock Moores. No, that is super tight there in, in Junior Dragster as well. Brock Moores, we Seth Jarvis, and Lucas Green. So, yeah, we'll look, as soon as we get those results, we'll keep you posted. As I said, unfortunately, we don't know what the results are. I was going to make a call to the Motorplex today, and I, I just didn't get around to it. So, um, so for those listening to the podcast, if the results have come out, our apologies, we weren't aware of them at the time of recording. So, our apologies about that. Hey, we need to do some podcast shout-outs here. Sketch Coleman. Do you know Sketch Coleman, Johnny? No, no, so I do, mate. He was interesting. I haven't actually met him, but Simon got me onto him. He is the marketing guy or the marketing brains behind Super Cheap Auto. So, okay. yeah, he's – he. you will also remember him. He had the yellow XY station wagon that was going in Street Outlaws, oh. and they produced the magnificent video yeah, clip. So I- so yeah, now I see the never. Well, now I've, I've, I know the car. Yeah, that's yeah, that's him. That. That's crazy. So Saturday night, talk about this was. I don't know if sketch. If you've started something, you are a legend. So he started pulling the motor out of the XY. He needed to do some maintenance, and he live he live um, live live videoed it on yeah. Facebook, and then took even calls from uh, an MPK uh, commentator over in Maine, US. Uh, I don't know if this is the next big thing, engine, engine change outs, live streaming them on, on Facebook. I don't know, but I thought it was pretty cool. Well, look. It was, the, unfortunately, believe it or not, the camera went, the, the video or their phone, whatever it was that they were using, went flat after 45 minutes. So we didn't actually see the engine come out. <laughs> but Sketch did confirm in a later post that the engine was out and they've got it apart and they're doing, okay. they already started the maintenance on it. So Sketch, if that's a thing... How amazing that's going to be. Let's start live did streaming he, engine swaps. Did you actually break the engine? Is that why I was taking it out? It was no, 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 no. Just maintenance. Refresh. Just maintenance. Yep, yep. Just maintenance. So, yeah. I think it, Sketch is going to be hitting the MPK scene over in Queensland pretty hard. So, um, yeah, it's good, good on him. And uh, he's done some magnificent work. He was heavily involved in the super cheap auto ad that we see with the Russell Ingle, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. You know, at the golf course, he was like, that was, if you follow his page uh, and you see the ad there, it's a magnificent ad. It took him six days of shooting and, uh, yeah, it's the magnificent work, actually. So, yeah, now go and check that out. Also, Victor Bray was inducted back at the at the uh, Formula One, the Australian Motorsport Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Victor. And, um, he's going through a bit of a rough trot at the moment, Victor, and... Uh, he doesn't. He's not looking the best, but um, shout out to him. Certainly deserving of the Australian Motorsport Hall of Fame, Victor Bray. Um, magnificent what, what, what he's done in the sport. How long is there a time frame before you can be inducted? I don't know. What's what's your years of service like? Is it just is there a board? How does it work? It I, I yeah, what's that's a question without notice. I don't know actually. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, I think any time a drag racer gets into the Hall of Fame, I think Graham Cowan's already in there and, and Victor Bray certainly deserving of it as well. That's the reason um, I was asking because he thinks long overdue, wouldn't you think? Like Victor Bray, you know? Most certainly. I think anyway. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So, yep, congratulations to Victor and the whole Bray family, Ben Bray and, and all the, the guys that work with Victor over the years. And the companies that came along for the ride with him as well, you know, there's not limited to Castrol. There was a number of oil companies that jumped on board. 
with them over the years and um, Century Batteries as well. So congratulations to all those people that got behind Victor. It's great to see him inducted into the Australian Motorsport Hall of Fame. Also, uh, shout out to the Hayes family. It was really sad news that we heard just the other day. Chuck Hayes uh, passed away just the other day. For those that don't know, Chuck came out to Australia, came out to the Motorplex more times than you could poke a stick at uh, with his jet cars and came out here and really put on a show. Chuck, I put him down as one of those guys that really bought the kids into the drags because kids don't come to see door slammers, unfortunately. They come to see jet cars. And once they see the jet cars, they see the door slammers and then they say, yeah, that's what I, I want to come back here again. Mm. But you need the hook. And Chuck and his jet cars, they were the hook. And, um, you know, I'm a drag racing purist. I'm not a big fan of the jet cars, but you can't help but get excited when they start spooling them up and the fire shooting out the back and they're making the popping and the banging, what you did for motorsport in Western Australia, Chuck was, you know, really did an amazing job. You brought masses to the track. Uh, going to be really sadly missed because um, Chuck, yeah, was, was part of the furniture really here in Western Australia. Um, and our condolences go out to the whole Hayes family. Anything else, Johnny? There, how's your video road to Claremont? Um, that's that seems to be going well. Yeah, it seems to be going pretty good. Yeah. If for those that are listening that haven't viewed it, go go to your YouTube channel. That's Benzine Detailing, or your Facebook page. You can see it there. Even if you come to the Talk and Power website, it's on our website as well. The video, so make sure you come to our website, either talkandpower.com.au, or go to the Benzene Detailing YouTube channel as well. You can watch the Road to Claremont there. It's a one-hour feature. It's about the lead up to to the Claremont uh, Hot Rod Show or the Street Machine and Hot Rod Spectacular, as I like to call it, even though it's not called that anymore. I don't think I don't think they use the word spectacular anymore, do yeah, they? I think they do. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hope Boris isn't listening. <laughs> I hope he is. <laughs> sorry, Boris. Um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a great video and um, shot by yourself. And I know Brendan did a lot of editing in that as well. So Thank magnificent yourself. work. And also come back and watch some of your videos. Oh, you're doing some really interesting stuff. I really like that yeah. EBGT. Geez, that was a shocker, wasn't it? When you got it. Yeah. yeah so. That's what we're trying to do with this channel now. We've got, we've been, all these years we've had the content and we've just been throwing up photos. So, mm. <clears throat> so yeah, to start this channel up and give, give people a, you know, a bit more of an insight into what actually goes on. It's a different mm. perspective of the business and, and yep. <clears throat> not even that, just the everyday, uh, like obviously we do the events, we're following, you know, some of the events we, we go to, like Rolling mm -hmm. Steel and, and all these car shows, I'm going to give uh, Motorex a shot with the camera. So I'm thinking about bringing the camera there and see if I can put something together for that too. Because we yep. we we can probably get a bit behind the scenes on that on mm. on that one as well, which should be good. Yep, which will make for some good viewing as well. So yeah, mm. jump on and you know, <clears throat> you guys know how all the subscribing and liking and all that sort yeah. of stuff sort of helps us, you know. Tick it does. So, especially it if you does. like it. And if you mm. don't, it, I mean, even if you say, oh, why don't you do this, just let us know, you know. Yeah. Because um, I'm only just doing what we, what's in front of me at the moment. So, but it's always, you know, mm. to, to do some more. 
Yep, most certainly. So yeah, head to head to Johnny's uh, page as well. C- click on the road to Claremont. Speaking of videos as well, um, Simon Fryer. Sorry, Simon, I forgot your surname there for a sec. Simon Fryer of Joy Drive put together a video of the Camry. So check that out as well. Go to his social media pages and you can see the video of Simon Travellini, our co-host, his Camry. And uh, just my only criticism, Simon, if you're listening, Simon Fry, that is, it's not the end of the world. The car didn't have power steering. There's lots of cars without power steering. <laughs> we muscle through it. But uh, poor Simon, I think, was struggling with the lack of power steering in the Camry. It is heavy. I must be honest with you, it is kind of heavy, that V6 transverse. Yeah, the, the XW is light, and that's no power steering, but it's light compared yeah. to that. So yeah. it's only, it's a much lighter engine, obviously, as well. And I haven't got the gearbox sitting right over the wheels as well. So I, I understand, what, and the diff as well. So I understand what Simon was saying, but I didn't think it's not that heavy either. <laughs> to be fair to Simon, however, to be fair, I will say one thing. Uh, no, I'm probably not allowed to say that, actually. No, I won't say that. But, yeah, there's been a modification done to the car since I last drove it. That may make it a little bit harder to drive with the power steering, without the power steering as well. So, you know what, I'll just zip it. I won't say anything else. But it's a great video. Simon does a magnificent job. So head to his head to his YouTube channel and watch that there. It's called Sleeper Camry, and you get an insight into the Camry as well if you haven't. It's just a different – I think Simon gave it to the Simon Fryer just to give a different lens, different perspective – Simon does this sort of thing all the time, test drives a lot of cars, and it was good to get someone else to do it as well and look at the car and and um, go through it. So, no, it was a great video and well done. Well done to Simon as well, uh, Simon Travellini. Not sure if he's going to be able to make it next Wednesday night, but if not, Johnny and myself will be there. So that's at Penwright, 5 Nexus Way in Bayswater. Make sure you head down there. It runs from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You get to catch up with Davey Reynolds and Matt Payne of Penwright Racing. And the I think some of the Grove family are going to be there as well, so it'd be great to catch up with them. What will we what? What are people going to expect there? Like what's uh, cars on display, something like that? No, I don't. I don't know if the cars are going to be there. I think some of the transporters will be there, but I don't. I don't know if the cars will, the actual, the supercars will be there. But I can tell you that there will be a lot of uh, a lot of the brand partners and brand ambassadors for the different, not just Penrite, but a lot of the brand ambassadors of that team will be also be there giving special talks as well. Oh, and uh, and um, yeah, so yeah, it's not just it's not just. Uh, come and meet one person there's be a number of brand ambassadors there to meet and um i'm getting a list of guests as well so i haven't got that at the moment but i do know that there'll be quite a few special guest speakers there as well so i think it's a great event head down there uh penwright have been supporting motorsport in australia for a long long time so get behind penwright i'm really looking forward to it and uh we're really grateful to have the 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 privilege i've got to thank peter from 88.5 fm peter peter gray um he actually teed all of this up so i well he put me in contact with with um cameron at penwright so thank you to peter for putting me in contact with cameron because um yeah it's been a great great privilege to do this so and thanks to peter at 
88.5 FM. You can catch him um, on Sunday night. And uh, I've forgotten what other his schedule is, but he's a very busy man on the radio station. You can catch him on quite a few days. So shout out to Peter as well. Thank you very much for that. All right. Well, I don't think Simon's going to be joining us by the look of things. It's what are we now? We're 8.30. So I think if he was going to come on, he would have come on by now. But um, yeah, it looks like he's not going to be able to come on. Unfortunately, we don't have a wrap up for the drags then at this stage. Um, so yeah, we don't, we can't wrap that up. We will wrap that up. Uh, we're going to have a special episode next week. So we'll be recording from the, the, um, Penright next Wednesday night. So that'll be our next episode. And then I think we'll try and catch up for the supercars as well. I know you're heading down. I'm heading down. Uh, I don't think Simon will be heading down and I'm not sure what Todd's doing. So we'll have to wait and see what's happening there, but I'll be down there for the supercars. You plan on coming down as well, Johnny? Yeah. I've got, I've sort of triple booked myself for that weekend. So yeah. So I'm just playing with some <laughs> playing with a few things at the moment. So, but yeah, I, even if worst case, I, I get there for one of the two. But yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want to see the new Gen Three cars and mm. have, a, have a listen and and, and uh, I want to see our uh, Renee Gracie and get her signature. Um, I am definitely getting her signature, <laughs> and I am even going to try and have a photo with her. So Renee Gracie, if you're listening, well, you listening, probably won't. Her be. On here. I mean, we where I am going to try. I am going to. That's why I want to catch up with her, have a photo, and get her signature, <laughs> and then tee up an interview with her because I would love to have Renee on the episode. I think it would be great to speak with Renee and just to get a different. Her path to motorsport is different. It's not um, the, the the standard path that most people take, but it'll be great to speak with her. I always like to hear different stories, and everyone's story is an interesting one, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Mm. Yep, most certainly. All right, Johnny. Well, look, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on, and um, yep, yeah, great to see you again. And if, as I said, if you're listening, head to – uh, Johnny's page as well. You got to sorry, just to cut in here. You've got an episode. You're doing a special podcast coming up in Wednesday on Wednesday. I is that correct? I've got yeah. I'm doing one. It's called. It's with uh, detailing down under, so it's more detailing orientated. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, but I'll throw up. Um, once we get that done, then I'll send you a link and, and post yeah. it up. And if anyone's into that sort of um that sort of stuff it's always hmm. um you can get some you know they do some they don't just talk about uh necessarily sort of detailers they talk about people that uh to, to people they sell the products to so you yep. can get maybe an idea of different products and tools and equipment that um some of the detailers use hmm. um yeah but i'll, I'll um yeah, it's called uh, Detailing Down Under, I'm pretty sure it's called. So. Okay, all right. We'll keep an eye out for that. And uh, when, when it's out, we'll, we'll share that on our social media pages. No I always say I think it's good that we share podcasts around it because at the end <laughs> of the day, it's not it's not territorial. You know what I mean? What we're doing is not territorial. I think yeah. if, we share, if we share information around, everyone's better off for it in the yeah, end. So, so too, yeah. yeah, most certainly. So, yeah, that would be great. It would be great to see. All right, Johnny, look, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday, the 26th of April at Penrite. Take care. I'm looking forward to it as well. See you, Johnny.